Welcome, everyone, to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. That's Ian in his nice rock heart sweatshirt. It's me. I'm Pat in my pretty good Spy Hunter shirt. On the show today, we'll be talking about uh, someone being sent to prison over a Pokemon card. That's a fun story. Uh, we're talking about uh, a, a, an Amico business update that was sent out to everyone. And we'll also be talking about other other fun things. Uh, first, uh, if, if you want to listen to my DoorDash woes of the past weekend, you can listen to the exclusive, the exclusive Patreon uh, that we do, exclusive Patreon, exclusive podcast we do for the Patreon, patreon.com slash CU podcast. Listen to that. That's, that's right. That's what I did this weekend as I, I got disappointed by DoorDash twice. Yeah, uh, you did. <laughs> what did I do this weekend? I uh, watched uh, Escape from New York. I haven't seen that in a while. Right. Uh, Always a good time. I haven't seen it all the way through. I've seen parts. Really? Oh, yeah. Jesus, man! Definitely got to watch that. You are, you are, you are deficit in your carpenter watching. You say that? Yeah, it took you years to see Big Trouble Little China. That's one movie. But you're Mr. Carpenter, not yes. me. I'm just saying you are severely deficit in your carpenter watching. That is impressive to me. Um, depressing. It's impressively depressing to me. Um, so yeah, that's always a good time. Fun to watch that in, uh, we watched it in like ultra HD. Wasn't quite 4k. It was like the 1920 X something or another off of what it was digital version. It was some sort of digital rip. Yeah. You don't t- see the difference. Um, I mean, no, it, you do. It's pretty impressive. Well, how big is your TV? Uh, 55 inches. I mean, you want to see the difference between that and the H in the regular HD or, or super HD. I mean, 4K. all I'm saying is, is it makes a movie like that look interesting because you see more than you probably should. Be oh, sure. Seeing. Um, you can see Kurt Russell's sweat glands. I also uh, went and played a little pinball, little pinball by myself yesterday. Uh, went to the Dino Bar, uh, which is attached to Arrow Club, and um, played the new. Where the hell's that? It's uh, on India Street. Oh, okay. Um, played the new because they've got like ten machines there. We were talking about this place, the Dino Club. Dino Club. Yeah, D Y N O. Is it is next it, to the is it Dino Bar next to the Arrow Club? No, they're not restaurants. Dino Bar. It's next. just it's just one big bar that has Dino Bar. It used to be the Arrow Club, which was a whiskey bar. Then they expanded on it into the adjacent building okay. called the Dino Bar, which is where they put the pinball machines and the pool and stuff. Does like it have that. like a purple brontosaurus sort of a? No, no, D Y N O, not D I N O, not Dino. So there's ten. There's ten machines though. Not Dino Bar. Yeah, there's ten machines. Anyways, the Godzilla machine. It's a fucking hoot and a, ha- hoot and a holler. Is it a new one? <clears throat> yeah. Stern? Newish. Um, stern. Very good. Loved it dearly. It's, it's very stern. It's very, very stern. It's very formal and, and uptight. Yes. That's not what stern means. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that was my weekend. I'm going to shout out now. This is a weird intro. You're not talking about your weekend because you've only talked because you, you talked. My whole about, weekend was DoorDash woes. Your, <laughs> that was the whole weekend. weekend was waiting for food and yes. being disappointed. Yes. Um, my friends over at Necrosoft Games, along with content from 732 other creators, have put out a bundle for Ukrainian aid on itch.io. 
Um, you can go there. We'll put the link here. Uh, it has raised Jesus. The number keeps jumping every time I check it. They have raised $1,302,472.36 in... I'm not even sure this has been up for 24 hours at this the point. The first I heard about it. So you get 991 games. It's it's various. So there's games, um, oh. asset packs for developers, uh, print and play RPGs. It's just loaded. everything. It's loaded with stuff. And a minimum uh, of ten dollars is all they ask. Minimum of ten bucks. So it's practically. I mean, it's like free. I mean, the, the, it's insane. That's what a great deal. Yep. Uh, and then it goes towards the International Medical Corps. Provides medical assistance in the region. Uh, they have very low fundraising overhead, 1% of income, with 89% of donations going to medical aid and 10% to administration. And then Voices of Children, a Ukrainian organization that helps children cope with the horrors of war, PTSD, readjusting to school, and getting back to being kids. They've been doing grassroots impromptu work during the war, such as setting up shelters. And they hope that'll be over soon. They can begin the work of healing these kids' hearts. Um, I have a lot of faith in the people behind this bundle to have done uh, excellent research on their um, where the money is going. Um, and, yeah, I made my donation uh, last night. Uh, you know, anyway, All right, I'll get on that. Out. I'll get on that. Uh, let me just say, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, the Ukrainian people, the courage, they, they're undergoing so much right now, they're fighting back this uh, juggernaut, this bully juggernaut, and uh, the Russians didn't think that they would have this much resistance. And uh, it's it's... It's really, it's really been nice to uh, night. Not nice that it's a war, but nice that everyone has come together. At least there's, there's not, there's not been fucking both sidings right. of, of this of this conflict. That that's been nice to see that, except for like the propaganda, like the, some sure. of the far rights that are funded by the Russians directly. Not to get into that, you know, things like that. But like, it's been nice to see a united front when it comes to this this uh, conflict. So that's that's been nice there. So yeah, check out that bundle. I'll get in on it after the uh, uh, the podcast. And honestly, I mean, you know, it, it, the games hardly matter at this point, but uh, I, you, I, because of what you're supporting. Yeah. But they have come together and put together a really nice package. Yeah. Uh, skate, like some of these games are very are really within like the past six months to a year too. Uh, Skatebird is new; usually costs like twenty bucks. C- Crosscode was highly lauded last year as a uh, excellent top-down Zelda clone. That's on here. Celeste is on here. Uh, and Zero Ranger, which That's is right. a few years old, but Zero Ranger is easily the best top-down shooter I've played in probably five years, and it's it's got to be fifteen bucks on its own, anyways. So, yeah, throw in ten bucks. So they're all you can't hurt. They're all just doing good and basically giving their games. They're giving games away for nothing. Yep. And all their assets, like I said, there's asset packs and other things. On oh, there's, there. there's there's so much cool stuff you can find in here. There's like little magazines with like mini D and D encounters you can have for like second level characters. Like all sorts of ways to keep yourself occupied. This reminds me similarly of the um, Black Lives Matter bundle that raised a ton of money about two years ago, and uh, you can entertain yourself forever in this. So don't want to dwell on it any much any longer. All right. Well, we also have to thank uh, Evercade yep. for sending us the uh, the VS, the home console, and it is a gorgeous little system too. Uh, just one that, like, if you haven't seen one yet, they look, are, look how cute it is. Yeah, they are tiny and cute. There's a little cartridge slots. Let's see. Can you hold it up a little bit more? Two cartridge slots. If I can get it out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't break the console live, Ian. I'm so bad at this. There we go. Let me see this here. Nice and clean. Yeah. There's the two cartridge slots in the, at the front here. Little, little 
little clicky power button you got going on here. You got the USBs. It's adorable. It's adorable. That's all. That's all. That's all the people ask for with physical, actual physical media. Actual physical As, media. With, with you know, with with the, a game software on the media and and a manual. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to play it at home. Uh, it's easy to set up and use. And I, I mean, honestly, it's just like the handheld. Uh, I didn't think I was going to end up using the handheld a lot, but these little collections of games are a lot of fun to pop in and explore. And there's always something you haven't played on there. I think it's fun that they put it in the two slots. Uh, yeah. Because then it's like if it's the Arca- the Atari pack or ones, it'll be one. Menu. Load up both. Yep. Right, that's just they didn't have to do something like that. It's just a smart thing to do that. Um, then also, uh, pal uh, Audi sent us the. I've known him for years, but he sent us the wrestling with pixels. Uh, I, uh, book. I, I I will not lie. I rolled up uh, a fat one, <laughs> and uh, specifically to dive into that over the weekend. So this is a it's so chronological good. history of every wrestling game. It's up to like I think it's like fall two thousand twenty. It's great. It has. Like everything in there, the it's first? just so much fun to go through. I mean, all the way back to the Atari ones. I remember <clears throat> my buddy Lincoln actually gave me an Atari Tag Team Wrestling cartridge, and I don't have an. That's Atari. the first one. The first uh, wrestling game is, is Tag Team Wrestling. No, a different tag, a different wrestling on oh, the Atari. And uh, first time I ever saw what it actually looked like was in this book because I don't have an Atari to play it on. But according to this, Tag Team Wrestling in the arcade was the first ever wrestling game in '83. Good old menu selection. And then the one I always forever saw in the store and always forgot what it was, Bop and Wrestling on the PC. Bop and Wrestle, excuse me. I used to see that in the store, and, and it haunted me for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 it literally haunted me for years. I'm like, what was that game with the, with the big, almost gorgeous George-looking guy with the big curly hair and the red one? I used to see that at, at um, uh, Egghead Software, it must have been. Or, or, yeah, I think it was with Egghead. It wasn't an electronic boutique. And I used to see it at the top shelf. I'm like, that looks really cool. And I loved, loved wrestling. And back in, what was this, 85, th- there was almost no wrestling game. So it's like, oh, my God. You know, and um, yeah, yeah, I rediscovered that and I bought it. It was one of those album cover ones. But yeah, check it out. He was nice enough to send us also a little a winner is you little yeah, you know, and then it's also even a little a little handheld section in the back as well and unreleased games. So check that out uh, right there. It's uh, a super fun read. Uh, Epic Games. Epic Games. Uh, they're not they're not busy with uh, with the new Unreal, but they're busy buying uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, the independent so, uh, music uh, site. Yep, and not so much independent anymore. No, not independent anymore. And so the internet basically lost its independent music store. Um, I don't. I did not get a chance to look into this one, like the actual, like nitty gritty, as much. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that Epic knows that if they change anything, it won't necessarily be good on the outside. They're going to have to keep the place running. I think as. Yeah, it's going to have to keep running business as usual, and I hope they keep the Bandcamp Fridays thing going because that really helped a lot of artists throughout the pandemic. Where I think it's usually one Friday a month or one Friday every two months, um, they uh, give one hundred percent of all sales to the artists, so oh, wow. there's no fees or anything like that. So a lot of artists have cleaned up. A lot of people wait for Bandcamp Friday to make sure that they can give all the money to the artists they want to support. So I have a feeling things like that are going to. I, I hope. Just, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, they have to continue. It, otherwise, people are going to. Be, it, it, they're going to end up with a dead platform. Either they have to continue to make it usable and, and by people who are already using it, 
or they're just going to go find something else. That's what Epic basically said. You'll still right. have the same control over how you offer your music. Bandcamp Fridays will continue as planned, and the daily will keep highlighting the diverse, amazing music on the site. However, behind the scenes, we're, we're working with Epic to expand internationally and push for push development forward across Bandcamp from basics like our album pages, mobile apps, merch tools, payment system, and search and discovery features to newer initiatives like our vinyl pressing and live streaming services. So you have a huge infusion of cash. Um, and then Epic's like, well, we're gonna make we can make money doing this. Like, why not? So yeah, like you said, like as long as it continues the same, and they, maybe Epic brings in new features, then everyone wins. Hopefully, because yeah, Epic doesn't know anything about music, but they do know about you know obviously interfaces and platforms and, and publishing things internationally. Like they can they can help it out. I guess I don't know anything about Bandcamp. I feel like but, Bandcamp probably was doing just fine on its own. I mean, Bandcamp has been the oh, sure. stalwart for years, but. They 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 like the money. <laughs> no, they, they like the money. But there's yeah. nothing else uh, here. It's it's not it's not going to benefit Bandcamp in any way. I don't think it's going to negatively impact the user experience for a lot of people on Bandcamp. I really hope that genuinely and truly nothing um, happens. You think? Oh no, they're going to pump in money to make more money. Epic <clears throat> absolutely will. I, I would think. We'll see. They have so much money to play with. I mean, otherwise, they wouldn't have made this. Per- like this is not their their core business. Obviously. Right. Um. Well, you, know, you make that Unreal game anytime you want. You know, just saying. <laughs> anytime. Speaking of first-person shooters. And speaking of uh, Ukraine. Uh, and, and Ukraine. Um, there is a new Doom 2 level made by John Romero uh, in in support of Ukraine. Um, John Romero hasn't made a Doom 2 level, it says here, since the game came out in 1994. Uh, but this one, titled One Humanity... Um, is for the PC version of PC versions of the game only, uh, meaning it hasn't been pushed to like the. Uh, it's been pretty good, like the uh, Switch versions, the console ports of the Doom games have been pretty good about getting like the new updates. I'm wondering okay. if this might get to it eventually. Anyways, for five pounds, they're about six dollars and sixty-seven cents USD. One hundred percent of the proceeds will go directly to the cause, uh, and you can buy it at John Romero's official website. It's a wad file. Yep, the good old wads, and you load that load that stuff up. Is there is there an easy interface? If, if, like if you play like the Steam version, there's like is there like a drop in sort of drop in thing for that, or is it still go through the? So box? yeah, probably you'd probably just download the wad, and I would assume something like even something like I, I'm so behind on Doom, but so I always reference an older one. But I'm sure something like Z Doom, you could just load it up. There's all sorts okay. of ways to there's play a, wad. There's files a user interface. Yeah, it's just command line like it used to be back in the Stone right. No, there's there's got to be gotcha. a way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a gotcha. program you could open up and just open a wad file like a sure. Like a document, like, for, and yeah, just like, play like, it. An, like an emulator. You click right. on, you open it. That makes sense. Like back in the day, we used to do the command line to, to fucking the Alien versus Predator one. You probably play that as well. That was one of the. Oh yeah, it was like the, the big one. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to play this though. I mean, it's not a secret that Doom, specifically Doom Two, is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, love it to death. It I has d- that weird look to it. <laughs> Oh, Over. Oh, <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I would like to check this out, and you should too. Uh, guy was sent to prison for buying a Pokemon card. It's a little more complicated than that, but um, this this is from a Polygon article from Nicole Carpenter. Man sentenced to three years in federal prison over a Pokemon card. A $57,000 Charizard is now government property. George Mann was sentenced to three years in prison after using COVID-19 relief money to purchase a rare Charizard Pokemon card. I think we heard about uh, this story early on, but now this is like it. This well, is so he. This is his comeuppance. Yes, okay, he was sentenced. So 
The Department of Justice released the sentencing and a news release around, issued Monday. Uh, 31-year-old Vinath Udamsin was awarded an economic injury disaster loan that's different than a PPP loan, by the way, uh, for $85,000 after claiming to own a small business that supported 10 employees. These loans were created as part of Congress's pandemic relief plan and intended to be used for businesses to pay workers and rent. Once he got the money, the Department of Justice said he used 57789 of it to buy a Charizard card. Jesus Christ. A card matching this description, a first edition shadowless and holographic Charizard card with a 9.5 gem mint rating, was sold at the PWCC marketplace for that price in late December. So I'm guessing that the government, once I give you these loans, are allowed to look at your books to make sure that I'm guessing that's part of the conditions. Yeah, which probably. And they must have said, like, hey, that's a weird outgoing thing of to this auction house of fifty-seven thousand dollars. And the the, the 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 probably laughs they had at the DOJ looking at some some lower level employee like tracking this. Oh, they bought a Pokemon card. Okay, we're gonna get the charges against this person now. Um US District Court Judge Dudley Bowen ordered Odamsin to pay $10,000 on top of the $85,000 in restitution and three years in prison. And he'll have three years of supervised release after the three years in prison. He agreed to turn over the card to prosecutors. So now the, the government has a Charizard card that I guess they put these up for government auction at some point. You always commercials like government auctions of confiscated from drug dealers like boats and houses and cars. There'll be a Pokemon card eventually at one of these auctions. So I think it's hysterical. That is. That is. Government owns a Pokemon <laughs> You know what the government doesn't own, Pat? What, what do they not The own? government does not own UltimateNintendo.com, where you can go <laughs> and get stuff. Do it, Pat. What do you can, we can get? Well, after that stellar uh, transition, uh, you can get, uh, you can get uh, on Wednesday night. You can click the join button next to subscribe. No, no, you're screwing up my, my, my money, Ian. <laughs> uh, you, got, you got the certain NES Super Nintendo guidebooks. You got the, you got the um, enamel pins. You got the you got the, the RBI baseball RBI baseball stickers, and now you have you can't see it; it's too high up. You have the Yoshi Combat print limited to twenty two produced. Um, they're on the site, signed by Yoshi, the CG artist who worked on Star Wars, uh, Walking Dead, Mandalorian. Uh, uh, works on everything. He's a genius, and worked on. He did major combat in that video. And all proceeds go to my pal Yoshi. I don't see a, a cent of that at ultimateintendo.com as a way to pay back my pal Yoshi uh, on that uh, right there. And yes, I'm on Twitch Wednesday nights. <laughs> Twitch. You click the join button or what you said? I was just reading the highlighted stuff, man. Oh, God, Ian, you're the worst. Click the join button next to subscribe. Oh, I never read those stuff. Uh, unreleased N64 game. Yeah, Carnival Senzo's Adventure. You want to tell me a little bit about that one? <laughs> <laughs> Forest of Illusion tweeted today we have quite a special one we've released Carnival Senzo's Adventure a cancelled N64 title developed by Terroglyph Interactive Studios it was based on the animated film by the same name I don't remember the film yeah neither do I this is the first time hearing of that and it was first shown off to the public at E399 in an unfinished state uh, a great video was put out by uh, Tony from Hard for Games um it already has a ton of views. Welcome back to the Hard for Games channel. That's him. Uh, 14,000 views. And uh, this is cool because I knew about this a couple months in the making because uh, Tony is uh, writing the unreleased N64 game section for an upcoming certain N64 guidebook. Ho, ho. So it was fun because during the process, there was a couple of games that he knew about that were like, okay, this one's going to be dumped. We're trying to get it. So, like, so this is... 
this is going to be just explained in that section of the book. And uh, watch this video. It's 20 minutes. Tony goes through the, the game, talks about it and the history of it. And yeah, Tony's a good, good dude. Good Tony. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good, good, Tony. And Gabe's been good lately as well. Yes. Gabe from Valve. So uh, Gabe has been in the news a bit lately. Uh, he's, that, hey. he's, he's been around. He's been up front. Uh, he's been around and up front? He's been around and up front since, <laughs> the, since the release of the, um, the Steam Deck. He's just oh. been, he's not, I mean, he's a public he's, he's figure, making, but he, he's making the rounds. He's making the rounds. Uh, he was even hand delivering some of them. Really? Yeah, he was hand delivering like, like, some like of them. Like a in, fucking Domino's commercial? In like the, the Seattle door? area or where, where, wherever they're based. Yeah, he was walking around hand, hand delivering some of these. Um, okay. Uh, imagine another c- certain CEO doing that with a certain... No, I know, because it doesn't exist. Uh, anyway. He's uh, so he's been in the news more, and I believe we talked a little bit last week about how uh, Valve stated that fifty percent of all of their Bitcoin transactions were fraudulent uh, when they had Bitcoin, and um, they've already uh, banned cryptocurrency games um, from the storefront. Uh, Newell had more words to say. Basically, said that the volatility of cryptocurrency makes it impossible to be something that you could, you know, price things with on a store because you're paying ninety nine cents one day for something that's going to fluctuate to four ninety eight the next day. Yeah, it's, like, it's, yeah, just, it's it, not it's, currency anymore. Right, it has to be somewhat consistent. It's crazy. And he said the people who are currently active in the space are not usually good actors, as we've seen and discussed on here many times, looking sure. at all the the problems that have been going on. Uh, I also like that he also tackles the whole. This is not new aspect. This is just reinventing the wheel for a lot of it. One of the big things that they talk about in the metaverse is uh, customizable avatars and stuff like that. And he says, apparently, no one who thinks this is impressive has ever heard of or played an MMO because all all you're trying to do with the metaverse is create an MMO that has no action or fun in it. I mean, that's literally all you're doing. And in terms of customizable avatars, he even points that out. You go into Final Fantasy fourteen and, you know, look around. Everyone looks different. There's, I mean, there's entire <clears throat> marketplaces dedicated to, you know, the clothing and sure. dyeing the clothes and getting, you know, custom outfits. And so... Yeah, I mean, he seems like a pretty pretty sharp guy. Uh, definitely not in NFTs corner. It uh, doesn't look like Valve will be dealing with NFTs in any way uh, anytime soon. I'd point out, uh, uh, Gabe's looking healthy lately. I was going to say, he's got the similar style to you. He has the same black rim glasses. He's got, yeah. the, <laughs> got the same long hair. I'm looking back and forth. Like, that could be you in like 20 years. Yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. It's fine. He seems happy. I'll take it. Sat happy and fine. Um uh, sorry, and I was thrown off here. I have to, uh, on the podcast, issue an official uh, reprimand uh-huh. on the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm sorry to embarrass you. Uh-huh. It seemed like uh, during during uh, the podcast... Oh, I'm not embarrassed. Uh, not, you uh, I'm not you embarrassed. called me out on Twitter. I did. Um, <laughs> I did call you out on Twitter. While we were recording, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, can't believe Pat has never put honey on fried chicken. I can't. Referencing the exclusive... Uh, that's right. Patreon podcast, patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, trying to uh, ether me via 
via food shaming Not on Twitter. Not trying to ether, just um, wanted to see what uh-huh, the general what uh-huh, the general take on the situation uh-huh, was. Yeah, there are, there are some people uh-huh. defending you. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to the defense. Let's see. Uh, our, our pal Tom said, uh, "Ever been to churches? They give you honey packets. Put that shit on the chicken and the buns." Uh, someone said, "I have not either." That was uh, Jim. What about hot sauce? I mean, it's not exactly ketchup on a burger. Thank you, Jumpin' Jack Doritos, for that. Uh, so there, you're right. There's some people back me up. That's a thing. Um, I went thousand percent canon. This is from an app. So Ian is starting to get ratioed a little bit. <laughs> Ian is starting to get so go ratio Ian on that tweet from from the, uh, the, that other one is I, I they um, can one thousand percent believe uh-huh. that you have never had that's because that's weird, man. You're weird. Okay. Oh, I'm weird now. You're weird. I'm weird for lots of reasons, not because of that, Ian. <laughs> Every day is D&D Day with our new sponsor, Viridian Dice. Every day? Every single day! Viridian are sellers of Dungeons & Dragons dice and tabletop gaming accessories. And if you're thinking, Ian, I have enough dice, surely you do not. Red dice, blue dice, old dice, and new dice. Ones with little stars, Santa Claus, glitter. Aren't all dice the same? I play Monopoly, I play Trouble, you know, you throw the dice now? Absolutely not. It's so important when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or any other tabletop role-playing game to have the right dice for the job. Sometimes you've got your lucky dice. You want your blue dice if you're working with water. You want your heavy metal dice for your important roles. These days you can get a huge variety of cool dice. Viridian's got a massive catalog. These aren't just your grandpa's plain opaque dice either. They're swirled, mica, metal, hand-poured resin, gemstone, and more. They have fan-favorite brands like Chessex, HD, and Q Workshop. Maybe I can get Frank back on the D&D wagon. You could, since their prices are very reasonable, and you can easily browse and sort by color, style, material, brand, or theme. They're a Syracuse, New York small business run by friend of the show, Mike Saltzman. He started out of his game room in 2019 making 3D printed condition rings and got into dice after he noticed how overpriced many big dice sellers were. Mike is obsessed with offering good deals, making his obsessive problem your solution. I love dice solutions. And he also offers condition rings, 3D printed rings that you can attach to your minifigs that describe the condition. So if you are blessed or if you've got spirit weapons going, if you're invisible, you can keep all of that uh, visually represented on your play field very easily. They're awesome. Make Viridian your dice solution today by going to ViridianDice.com and using our promo code CUPODCAST to save 10%. For the entire month of March. That's 10% off your order at ViridianDice.com with our code CUPODCAST. They're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Viridian Dice, all one word. Tell them Pat and Ian sent you. Viridian Dice! Let's overthrow Big Die! <sighs> you know what's weird, Ian? Huh. The intelligent Amico's been very weird. Oh yeah, it's been weird. Um, so, after we talked about the last podcast, them shutting up down the Start Engine, the fourth crowdfunding campaign, and uh, going away... Um, a couple of weird things happened. We already had known that the new CEO, Phil Adam, planned a vacation around this time. Yes. Um, which is bizarre, but okay. Planned a vacation. But also two other things happened after we record. I'm not saying it's a uh, coincidence. Uh, one might have happened that day, but one the next day. The former CEO, uh, Tommy Tallarico, uh, and now C- CCO, president, whatever. Um, he, he was uh, responsible for this train wreck. Um he privated his Twitter account. Um, first off, that happened, um, or protected as it's called. The other thing that happened was they, uh, instead of having a, Phil Adams said we're going to have a, a production or a release update at the end of February. Didn't happen. Right. Instead, they put out a business update via email 
Well, uh, they let it, they let it hang for a couple of days too. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was like March second or third, whatever yeah. it was. Right. They put out a business uh, update email. Uh, you want me to read that, Ian? Yes, I go, please. I go back to my email, which is going off because people now uh, email me about about putting honey on chicken. Um, <laughs> mother. <laughs> and so they, they put out a business update. Keep in mind, this update was not put on Start Engine. This update was not put on for the Republican uh, investors. I checked. There was no update about it. the last update was January 10th from Tommy on Republic. And if I checked Fig, I, there'd probably be no update there as well. And who the hell knows about fundable uh, with that? So um, the point is, is that a lot of people don't know what's happening, and Intelvin has basically gone dark. They've gone, they've gone dark after this. Yes, that's that's the bad news. Uh, but here's the update from Phil Adams, CEO. I wanted to take a moment to provide an update uh, and also extend my apologies. It's from Wednesday the 2nd. As you know, it was my goal to communicate with you by the end of February. However, over the last few weeks, we started discussions with potential investors slash acquirers outside of the Start Engine universe. The Start Engine universe. As we continue to work with them on a deal structure and terms. (laughs) It's like a cinematic universe. It's ridiculous. I'm thinking of the crowdfunding, like a crowdfunding universe. Yeah. Yeah. As we continue to work with them on a deal structure and terms, it has been agreed that we maintain a quiet period while while negotiating. The magnitude of this type of deal will invariably have an influence on our path forward, but are excited. But we are excited. But we are excited about the potential of a new group's involvement with Intellivision, and we'll update you as soon as we are able. Thank you for your continued support and patience, Phil Adam. Um, so quiet period is an actual term. Uh, oh, it is. It's an actual term. Oh, is it a business term? Uh, looking it up here on Wikipedia. It, in United States securities law, a quiet period is a period of time in which companies refrain from communicating with investors to avoid unfairly disclosing material, non-public, non-pub, non-public information to certain investors when the company has not yet publicly communicated this information. Um, when a company is raising... Capital from the public, this historically has meant a quiet period of time extended from the time a company files a registration statement with the SEC until SEC staff declared the registration statement effective. During that period, the federal securities laws limited what information a company and related parties can release to the public. So basically, it means we have to be careful not to say shit that we can't say. But that has to do with SEC statements. This is not Uh, that. No. Well, okay, right. So basically, he's throwing around a term. Yes. That does not make sense in this situation. It's context. Right. There is no reason for them to have to go into a quiet period. That's what I thought. It sounds like, um, it sounds like well, this is a business term for when we're, we're doing something they official. They just feel like it sounds close enough. A little sneaky, Phil. Yeah. A little sneaky with a little, that. A little, a little sneaky. Especially since you have people that are, that are, you have their pre-order money for years. You basically, you have customers. A little sneaky, Phil. Um, and then you have a ton of investors that, again, aren't officially investing in Intellivision proper, which we'll get into. But there are some people, if you look at the SEC document, there are some people there that have put money in uh, as well. But not as much as, obviously, the board getting back loans to themselves. Um, so what is going on here? Are they buying time between um, potential bankruptcy or buying time for an actual manufacturing and release date? Are they actually trying to f- 
uh, engage with talks with investors to try to save this. Again, I feel like uh, at this point, a lot of the words they're using aren't even meant to instill hope in customers or the people who are hanging on. I think it's to make them feel more legitimate about themselves as they fall apart. So you think it's bullshit? I think there's it's no bullshit. one's trying to acquire them. Or, or someone is for like, we're talking very, very low amounts of money. Or, or a cursory sort of, yeah, I'm interested. Let's talk about it. What do you, what do you have? Because this is the thing. And this, this is what surprises me, even among some of the people who have, have seemed to be pretty, uh, savvy about, um, what's been going on. They realize that the Amico, you know, is not in. But there's a lot of people who still, like, who have been, I guess, anti-Amico, or at least, like, what is going on with this, who still think that there is, like, Tommy was effective enough, because there are still people out there who think there's something, uh, there's enough in in television somewhere to be purchased. What are you getting? You are getting an idea around, you're, you're getting the idea of an Android system with nothing nailed in place even far enough to have started no infrastructure promoting units uh obviously you uh, screwed up your first manufacturing run with arc and then you have the games there are people who i i i, I think it's just to keep th- keep things in discussion but there are people who think that these are these games are going to get released on like the switch i mean maybe but no one's going to buy them because this always goes back to what i said at the end of it if everything was perfect and the amico came out we would still not be talking about it in a year's time because there's nothing there they are they are they are bottom barrel video games on a system that is outdated on outdated hardware reportedly made from like german college uh students were making some of these games i could put ten dollars into someone's steam wallet and you could go on steam and end up with 10 games that would be better than this sure and that and that's what i think is so frustrating to me is the amount of people who are still thinking that a re, like a if i'm saying this right a release is the success like getting the system out of the no, success that's the there's starting nothing line. there it's yeah. the starting we, we always said that's the start right. of the ecosystem if this thing actually came out it would it's fall over fuck, on its fucking it's, face cuz there's nothing there it's on a toaster oven a, to, a toaster you buy a toaster that's all the toaster does ever that's it you don't have to worry about it you just got to buy bread for it this you need, you need to support with new games. You need to support the back end. You need to support the cloud. You need to support a customer service. You need to support if something's wrong with the hardware. God forbid there was a, an issue like how Switch had to deal with drifting uh, Joy Cons. Like this is a smaller company. Look like, at systems so that have been that, laughed off the face yes. of the planet: the Jaguar, the 3DO, the fucking Virtual Boy. All, and those were huge, companies. all catastrophic yeah. failures, and they all came out and had games. Yes, <laughs> playable games. I mean, I tell Hyperscan, which is uh, similar to how this consoles in terms of like what what you're getting out of it basically the virtual boy sucked to play but man there was actually some good games on the virtual boy and it was a, a nintendo had all the money in the world to push it and promote it and it still so, didn't help yeah I, I don't know yeah. I, at some point people have to stop pretending like this was ever going to work that this was ever going to be a video game system even the people who realize that well, it was going to be a game system but not a viable one. game uh, game yeah. system with 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 stuff that's worth playing on it there has to be value to this stuff for people to want to buy it there's no value to an Astro Smash that took <laughs> fucking college kids a week to make. Well, maybe that one wasn't college kids, but some of these, like the fucking pool game, was a, was a tech demo. Sure, you know, ten levels of skiing is not going to yeah. set the world on fire. The Snafu game that you saw parts of—that's a tech demo. Like these are all tech demos. Speaking of tech demos, Ian, uh, an Astro Smash. You can play uh, Hater Smash now. It's downloadable for free. I uh, found about this on the Intellivision underscore Amico uh, Reddit. 
It was made in one day by uh, Gator Ooze, who also was was the intrepid person who went through uh, a lot of the uh, that. Remember the SEC filing that came out uh, around the start engine and went through a lot of the details. What a lovely uh, document that was. It was great. Um, what a miscalculation that uh, campaign was. <laughs> Boy, plus, was that a gamble plus, that did not go Any well. investor, can public, potential investor, can look at, how, look at that uh, document and be like, wow, this company is in trouble, has a ton of debt, and owes a lot of money. Why the hell would I want to acquire this piece of shit? Anyway, this is what uh, good old Gatoru said. I, I felt sorry for Amico fans in this worrying waiting period, so I made them a game where they can merrily blast away at all the Amico haters and have some... Astro Smashing Fun. Download it here, and then unzip it to your hard drive, and just double-click HaterSmash.exe to play. This was made in one day! So don't judge me too harshly. <laughs> the sound of most of the graphics were assets I already had. High scores are saved. Mine was 996 after a couple of plays. Hit escape to quit during play. The point is this. In terms of the engine functionality, this is exactly the same as the Amico uh, Astro Smash. Sure. It's exactly the same. Like right. We're talking about you know, a, a game that any any person can make in Unity in, in one day, at least have the engine done. You're shooting up, at these these objects come towards the ground, and they split up when you shoot them. That's the game. They even put in the little uh, hyper uh, slide thing, the little... the little Oh, the dash button? The little dash yeah. is put in. Uh, this is it is activated well. by swiping the touch screen? Uh, no, the, no, it's just a mouse push. That, right, that right extremely mouse. easy mechanic that yes. everyone was just going to pick up naturally? Yes. Um, so check out Hater Smash for free uh, there when you want. The point is this: is that these were always this this company was always banking on cheap games and and tricking you to thinking you needed a two hundred excuse me two hundred and fifty now to three hundred fifty dollar device to play these cheap ass games. They they were trying they were trying to insult your intelligence. And be like, well, these games will be free on your phone, or like, or like a dollar or two on Steam. But we want you to to spend three hundred dollars to get the system, and then spend ten to twenty dollars on top of that. And this is what I'm trying to get at to some people that like who are still holding on to a little bit of, of hope that there's something there. Um, no one is champing at the bit. Chomping? No, it's champing. Champing at the it's bit. Oh, champing. New term. Champing. Yes, it's champing at the bit. Um, no one's champing at the bit to acquire again you're taking on their word that like 20 of these are finished no one no one would want these games if they if they were if they were all done no i mean what what is 10 levels of skiing gonna get you on on, on the switch at, at 299 uh maybe a thousand yeah, downloads are, yeah these are these games a thousand at, 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 as we've seen these games are still lots of these are still half finished not optimized or they're short games anyway. Placeholder so graphics. That's what I'm saying. It's not, charge, it's, not, it's not worth it. There's no charge, money. If you charge more There's than no money, if here. you charge more than a dollar for that skiing game, what was it? Ten levels. Ten if, levels of skiing is what I have officially char- changed the name. If to. you charge more than a dollar for that, it's like Fred Couples' 36 holes of awesome golf or whatever it was on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> that sounds better. <laughs> 36 <laughs> holes, a lot but, more intense levels. But, but ten levels of skiing. But, Tommy Taylor Rico's ten levels of skiing. But the point is, is that. If you charge more than a dollar for these games, I said probably John Alvarado's ten levels of skiing. More than a dollar, you would get you'd be struggle to get two out of five star rating on Steam or on like no one's gonna Hans Ipich's ten levels of skiing. That's who it is. Hans Ipich's ten levels of government funding. <laughs> ten for, levels of government funding for my for my shitty ass games. <laughs> make that make that game. Funding. It could be like lemonade stands. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing Hans like skating down a fucking mountain of paperwork, just like reefs of paper. By the way, there were some the reports that Han Han uh, Ipish was involved. Hans Hans was involved uh, with in uh, an underground fight club. <laughs> Uh, Hans, I I can't deny, uh, confirm nor deny this, was involved potentially uh, on the board or, or, or people that decided where the grant money went years back. Yeah, I saw something along the So it's like, huh, this gets this gets griftier and griftier, this whole venture. Uh, let's have another caffeine. No, for sure, Ian. You, you just enjoyed your tea with, with the little... little jar condom it's a fucking cozy man it keeps it warm it's so big (laughs) it is so big (laughs) all right so we got hater smash but actually okay let's get let's let's be serious when you're (laughs) buying a television what are you getting you are getting the trademark the little running man which is not even the the you're getting the little guy you're getting the little guy do you think you're gonna get the sign do you get the sign sign the sign the office what is that where's that sign is that sign in the utah offices um you get you get the you get the the iconic (laughs) running man aren't these rental offices too do they they, i don't know do they like truck out the sign and hang it up every working day i don't know (laughs) but the point okay the the running man logo is is you can't even call it a logo because that's just how their graphics were designed and that guy showed up in like all their games baseball you know soccer right like that's more not, or less that was the guy i think in uh cloudy mountain so that's not really a logo but you get that you get the intellivision first party games if you're buying intellivision you get the first party games right so you could in theory make money off of that like there was the evercade uh, did, did a little physical media pack of games I mean, at this point, though, not a lot of people want those old games. There's a lot of ways to play them on the flashbacks, the flashbacks, the version of the flashback that came back, came out 10, 12, 14, 15 years ago. All the little crappy plug and plays that Tommy lied about and said that, oh, I'll never forgive you on this, Tommy. And I asked for evidence. You, you claim that more in television plug and plays were sold than NES classics, which would be about $3 million. You, ha- you had the fucking balls to try to fucking lie about that bullshit. In what universe did they sell three million in television plug and plays when they didn't sell fucking barely three million in televisions when the console came out? Are you fucking crazy? Anyway, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'll never let, never forgive him for that lie. That's when you knew time was full of shit when he was lying about that stuff years back, by the way, when he was bold faced lying about that stuff. Um, but you get the Intellivision first properties, and then you get like the potential patents on their uh, over-engineered controller if you buy Intellivision, like if those patents go through. You get a controller that is useless for playing a lot of modern games anyway. That's what you get. That's what you get. So I don't think anyone's going to rescue the, uh, the Amico. Even if they acquire Intellivision Entertainment, you're not going to see them uh, release the Amico. There's just too much money it's going to take to do it. Yeah, the Amico's not getting released. I don't think enough of the games are in a, 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 a shippable, viable state that would make them money to even think about forming a publication imprint. Uh, you can do that, but you're still not going to recoup your costs. Well, no, and that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. There's not enough there. Bankruptcy is the only route. So I don't, yeah. Bankruptcy protects you from, from your debtors. That's basically what it does. So you go to bankruptcy, then everyone that's um, that the company owes money to, in this case, members of the board and Tommy himself, they can pick apart the carcass of, of what what the property uh, what what the company uh, has, the intellectual properties, 
the logos, the trademarks, that, that's, what, that's what this is leading towards, in my opinion. That's what this is uh, heading towards. And again, if you put money in through Republic or Fig or Start Engine, you're not investing, at least for Fig and Republic, you were investing in Fig and Republic. Right. Technically. So even if they sold the company, you get absolutely nothing. If you put in $10,000 for a Ferrari ride, you get absolutely nothing if the company is sold off. If the company was sold for a billion dollars to someone, you get zero. You're entitled to no money through those investments. I remember one of the most pathetic things was when that dude made fun of me for getting the type of car that Tommy drove wrong and called me poor. He called you poor? It was something along those lines. Like He was like insulting me. Charlotte for... Schill called you poor? It was along those lines for not knowing the difference between, I think, like a Lamborghini and a Ferrari or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a touchstone moment for him. I think. And this is the type of person that Tommy thinks he could have partnered with in order to try to take us down a peg, because that was a lot of the strategy. Petty fucking bitches who will say anything. I know. And then you just look worse and worse. Um, and... And then they all just turn, all these rats just turn on each other. They all just because they're just rats and snakes, and they just turn on each other. You got to make sure that you know all of your like icons of like being rich. If if you don't, you're a bad person, and you're poor. Yeah. All right. That's that's something else to add to the list. Okay. That's something else to add to the list when we do our we do the victory laps eventually. (laughs) That that's fair. Anyway. All right, Ian. We have uh, we have a uh, Patreon poll. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. You go, you sprinkle a little money on the screen, and you get... What? You do what? You throw coins at your screen? You get a full video podcast. You get bonus bits. Uh, That Ian can shame me about on Twitter while we're talking about it, apparently. Absolutely. Go ratio, Ian. Just takes two seconds. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Okay. I'll remember that, too. Bonus bits. Oh, right. Uh, Poll topics. A writing. A writing. And this poll topic. Uh, Hangouts. Hangout once a month. We got to do a hangout. Uh yeah, this weekend maybe we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. In second place, hardest games we have played slash beaten, thirty four percent. Maybe Paperboy. Maybe Paperboy. Um, and then in first place, misfit games we like that aren't talked about. See, I, I take misfit to be different than a hidden gem. Misfit to me means a game that maybe is just out of the ordinary and just could be weird. And that's why it's not talked about or played that much. A hidden gem is just a good game that people didn't hear about for whatever reason. I mean, but you can, I mean, they can, they can, they can also. There's a concentric. There's a there's a circle there. Centric circle is a concentric circle. I think uh, in terms of misfit games that I enjoy that are very strange. Uh, one would be Money Idol Exchanger. What is this called? Money, Money Idol Exchanger. Money Idol Exchanger. It's a uh, puzzle game. That was uh, money puzzle exchanger. It was called money. Uh, money puzzle exchanger was what they called it in a U.S. release, but the actual original name is Money Idol Exchanger. SNK game. Uh, it was on not SNK game, but it was on uh, it was on the MVS and the AES from Face. Yep, from Face, published by Athena on the PlayStation. So why is this a misfit game? Uh, because it's a puzzle game about changing coins. <laughs> so it's just a weird concept. All the puzzle pieces are. Um, are different yen denominations and you match them up to create bigger amounts and clear the screen. Oh, you shoot it from the bottom, bottom yeah. like puzzle bobble? Yeah. Or bust a move? Um, oh, okay. That's you, interesting. But you don't angle it or anything. Yeah, it's a really, really fun game. Oh, you don't angle it? No, you, you just slide left and right and shoot upwards instead of angling like puzzle bobble. And you, you make change. Yeah, and it cr- causes chain reactions as well. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, for example, if, if there's like a, a five cent piece... 
You shoot you get another... five five cent pieces together, and it's going to turn into a, a twenty five cent piece. Two twenty five cent pieces together turn into a fifty cent piece. So they transform into the larger denominations. Yes. Okay. Then they eliminate the large. What's the largest denomination? Uh, I can't remember what it gets up to. I think a dollar. Okay, I, uh, that's interesting. It is. It's a shitload of fun. Uh, really good time. Love the game. It's got a whole series of characters and a story that I never understood. But it's there's a story. Yeah, there's a story too. Like 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 all good puzzle games, there's a story mode. <coughs> and then as far as um, other Misfit games, I don't actually love this one, but I feel like it needs to come up in any discussion about Misfit games, whatever that means. This is how it was phrased. Uh, Toilet Kids uh, on the PC Engine. Uh, Toilet Kids on the PC Engine. Which I don't it, think I still own. That's one I never got. Uh, I have that. and I, That one just keeps climbing up in value, and it shouldn't climb up in value. The it's a, value. Because it's a crap game. Because it's a, it's a garbage game. It's a I, wish it, I wish it was good. Um, it just has a rep. But, uh, yeah, on normal mode, the enemies take way too many bullets to fucking take down. Uh, big butt spiders and poop monsters and, and things like it's that. It's $170. It'd be like a $50 game. Yeah, I know. I think I got it for forty bucks, and even what? at forty dollars, it felt like it was too much. Who is driving up the? What's, why is there a run on this game? Like, because what? it's weird. That's but, it. It's weird. That's it. It's a misfit game. If People I, love misfit. If I went games. to Japan. I probably find a store for a lot cheaper, right? Probably find it like laying around. Maybe. Maybe. Any other PC Engine ones that are, are weird you can think of? Yeah, there's or there should be misfit games. Oh, probably the um, Choniki games. Those are the ones with the big muscle. Dudes, oh, little homoeroticism that 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 shoot the men's beam out of the hole in their 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 bald forehead. Yeah, the first one is actually really really good, and it's not that it's very weird, but like the focus wasn't on those dudes yet. Those dudes are options; they're like side characters. And they the just became the one. game. They, they became the game. They became the mascot. Um, <laughs> I Choaniki, which is the sequel for uh love choaniki for the pc engine that one's fun because it's uh you play as the dudes but like you use like fighting game inputs to fire off like certain shots and stuff it's very strange okay but yeah the pc engine's got tons of them what about you oh god here comes me misfit games you know what i think i think the haunting is a misfit the haunting starring poltergeist is a misfit game okay it's a weird game it is a weird game why'd you why'd you it's just a very i haven't that's a like for you, that's just a weird thing to pull out of nowhere. I mean, one, it's a Genesis game. <laughs> that's strange. I'm I'm gonna ratio you. I reviewed that game in a Path the NES Punk video. I guess you haven't seen that one, Ian. I have that's not. how I know about it. You didn't know I did that as a video? No. But that's still very strange. It's an, it's I'm, an odd pick I'm, for you. I'm ratioing you right now. No. Um that game is bizarre because it's um it's at one of the last years that EA tried to do strange things yeah. in games, like the mid-90s. Uh, I think it's like 94 it came out. And they you, had lots of interesting releases for the Genesis. And then, they just, then that was it. That was it for yep. interesting games. So probably because they, they didn't sell that way. It's an uncommon game. It could be very uncommon, Poltergeist, uh, The Haunting. So in, in, in The Haunting, you have uh, stages of the game. The whole point is that you're, uh, you want to scare people out of the house. It's almost like uh, Beetlejuice. It's like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, and then there's scare points in each house. You have to time them. Um, you build up um, uh, like spirit energy to un- to unlock these these scares. And it's a very gory game in terms of like there's blood in terms of the scares and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a little it's, weird. Um, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And you go around the house. It's 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 all kind of open each 
a house stage and you just scare them enough to get the, the family. There's four members of the family. There's a husband and wife and the two kids. Again, scare out the house. And um, it's challenging. There's a weird like purgatory netherworld that it's like your 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 last chance oh, to yeah. live if you get mm-hmm. sent down to it. You know, if you run out of like the spirit energy, I haven't played it in forever. The look on your face when I said that game is almost like I could have said anything like the weirdest thing in the world that I just said. I just man, it was, and a- you had no idea I did that as a video. It's what I'm, I mean. I might have if, if you. No, I probably would not have remembered that ever if you put a gun to my head. Floating Frank ghost head. You nope. never saw it. Sounds like I'm missing one. Holy shit, Ian! <coughs> what the fuck have I been doing? I probably said, "Hey, Ian, I spent like you know 80 hours in this video. You want to watch it? Oh, yeah, I'll watch it, Pat. While you're at Lunar, <laughs> never watched it. All right, so so check out the haunting. Uh, and the reason I said that is because the NES they have weird things, but nothing that weird and strange. But the NES has weird misfit games as well. I think Wally Bear is a misfit game, Ian. Wally Bear would be a misfit game. Wally Bear uh, is, is 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 is. But is it though? The, the whole message is anti-misfit. <clears throat> it's a weird game. I, I see what you mean, though. It's like the Bible games are misfit games, even though they're supposed to be wholesome. Bible <laughs> Adventures is a misfit game. If you can, if you can use little baby Moses as as a as a weapon and toss him around, misfit you know. in the way that like the no, no, baby Jesus changing. That's no, baby Jesus. You're throwing baby around. Moses. Oh, there's baby Moses. It's baby Moses. That's right. Okay, sorry. Baby Moses. Um, misfit in like the way that like the goody two shoes kid changing the color of his shoelaces is misfit. Okay, I consider the, I consider the Bible games mis- <laughs> misfit games. I absolutely do. They are bizarre, and any of the color dreams slash wizardry games are are Pesterminator is a, is a misfit fucking game. Yeah, the Jesus freaks were misfits in the seventies, I guess. So you could say the Jesus freaks were misfits in the seventies. Just you, you don't know about the Jesus freak movement. No. Weird stuff, man. Look it up. Like They're like hippie Jesus people yeah. in the 70s? Yeah. God, hippies are the worst. They are. But let's not, let's not, let's not spiral me off on that one for no. another half an hour. <laughs> or one of the best South Park episodes when Carmen had to round up all the hippies and get them out of South Park. Anyway, um, so that's a misfit game. Um, little, a lot of, any of those unlicensed games are, like some are decent, but like something like Little Red Hood, the, the HES game. It's just like... That, that's not a game that you would ever say, yeah, that's a standard sort of sure. game. <laughs> There's nothing standard about it. About that. Or or any of those. Um is there any is there any misfit shut up the email. Are there any uh misfit Super Nintendo games that you can think of? I, I have a couple in my head. Headphone Jack and Ducus or whatever the fuck <laughs> the name <laughs> <that> was. <laughs> Ducus? Ducus. Yeah. It's Mojack, isn't it? Uh, uh, Mohawk and Headphone Jack. Mohawk, uh, Mohawk I, and Headphone Jack. <laughs> Dukis, what did you say? Dukis, yeah. Uh, Captain Novelin. Sure. Is a misfit game. Learning about insulin. Um, Time Cop is a misfit game. Yes. It's actually not a horrible game. It's not. No, it's bad. It's I should bad. say it's bad. It's it's a bad game. It's a bad Because it's supposed to be ones that we like, right? That's what the topic is. Yeah. No, that's just games that we like. That are, I, you know, I like Time Cop because it's so bizarre. And there's a loop in it. Read about it in a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. It's actually one of the first games I reviewed for that. Time Cop? Yes, Time Cop. Um, there's a looping song, at least in the first stage, where there's an audible FBI, get on it. And it's like, you're not in the FBI in, in Time Cop. <laughs> no, you're not. You're like some weird government agency. You're not in the FBI. And it's 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 really weird. Do you think it was just uh, like a stock clip that they had I don't somewhere? know. <laughs> it's either in the intro screen or in the first level. But that's a misfit 
misfit game that I'm talking about. You know what's a misfit game while we're on? Because there is uh, sort of digitized graphics. Can uh, we get a counter for how many times misfit is said during uh, this misfit, segment? Misfit. <laughs> you know what? I think Mad Dog McCree is a misfit game. Why? It's it's bizarre. The time it came out, it was bizarre. There had been a game done like that in forever, since like the 70s, probably on a projector. And it was always one of those weird things to just... I think it's sort of a misfit game to be... I don't know. I just... I just think there's something about that game looking back in the arcade, one and two, where it's your misfit with a revolver pretending to be a, a cowboy. Am I really reaching here? I'm reaching You're here. reaching. Okay. You know what's I mis- think we've gone long enough. You know what's a misfit game? Too. No, no. Huh. The, the time traveler game that Sega put out, the hologram game, that's a misfit game. Okay, sure. That's a misfit game. Not, speaking of cowboys. That's what I was thinking about with that's cowboys. That's very weird. That's a weird Plays like a laser disc game, but it's holograms. Very strange. Yeah, it, it's a little more, in, it's a little bit more than, because you can control your character more than in a, uh, than in a Sure, but it, it's still all based on timing and input. It is. But there's more control over that character than in a, a Dragon's Lair. There's a lot more in terms of that. Slightly more, not a lot more uh, than that. Uh, you know what's a misfit game, Ian? Hmm. Tom Sawyer. Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Yep, you fight dragons in the clouds in level five. I would do you really? Yeah. I definitely Does it have do. anything to do with, with the book at all? Is that, was that like a... Uh, in you the, go down a river. You go down a river? Yeah, on a, on a raft. Did you, did you read uh, Tom Sawyer? Uh, when I was... Very young. I read Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn when I was probably eight or nine. Well, I think we all did. Yeah, I, and I liked them. But I remember. I, Huck, I, I have not read them since. I remember Huck Finn a lot more than Tom Sawyer. Uh, I think I do too. Tom was a dick. Yeah, from what I remember. Huck, Huck, was a Huck nice Finn, I, I, I seem to remember being better. And I, I read. I haven't revisited any Twain, but I read Mark Twain up and up through my teens. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think we need one more Misfit game, Ian. Nope. One more Misfit game. Danny Sullivan in the Heat, no. Not a misfit game. Not a misfit game. You don't, you don't consider Adventure's Island, Adventure Island a little bit of a misfit game? A little bit. It's a little weird, mis- Adventure Island. It's a little bit weird. It's weird in its structure, how it plays. It's very specific. I was just about the themes. I would, I would, well, the themes are weird, but I would absolutely not call it a normal platformer game either. It's it's strange. It's uh, a rigid I, timer. Yeah. The eating the fruit to stay alive is kind of a weird uh, element. Uh, knocking the heads off of those those bosses is kind of a really weird thing uh, in, the, in, in those games. Um. Princess Tomato is Misfit. Now I'm just looking at my shelf. I think Princess Tomato is a Misfit game. Three Stooges is a Misfit game. That's a weird game in structure and in content. And the Three Stooges are Misfits themselves, aren't they? Can we agree on that? That's where we end the segment. Case closed. All right. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. We do. Where do you go, Ian? Yeah, that's This is all you, man. Anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. <laughs> you go. You're the voicemail boy. I'm the voicemail boy? You're the voicemail boy. I, I kind of resent that, but okay. Here's the first one. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Philbo, a.k.a. Phil Bowser. So from your recent Amico videos, I know you mentioned the Ouya. And Ooh, yeah. as an original backer, geez, eight years ago, just wanted to come out in support of it. I think it got a lot of hate. But looking at the landscape nowadays, I think it was very underrated. Uh, you literally could run any Android APK on it to see if it works from your phone oh. you could run retroarch up to ps1 perfectly and it even had its own custom fork of xbmc that's interesting i'll let Ouya love out yeah there. i mean i assume, i imagine it's probably fun to you know hack and yeah i mean you can probably do a lot with it because it's an android box play your android games on a, a tv up to a certain point anyways yeah doesn't against it. The, the the thing about the Ouya was like no. I mean, I uh, I, I, I I didn't buy an Ouya because I didn't want. Sorry, uh, 
mobile games, but like there was nothing wrong with the concept. I understood it. I just didn't think there was a huge market for it. No, because at that point, smartphone prices were starting to come way down yep. as well. So that sort of like killed off the need. And I think a lot of people realize that like mobile, again, mobile, mobile quality in terms of like aesthetics and complexity, people like playing them on a, on a mobile device. They fit their device. That's there's there's not like a lot of breath of the wilds on on my iPhone that I could I mean like it doesn't though there is that cat simulator game that is open world cat game there's there is a cat simulator game oh look at look at look that up that's a big game <laughs> hey guys Dustin from Georgia here Georgia I was wondering what Georgia. other video games would make good long form TV shows like The Witcher. What are your thoughts? And Ian, oh Jesus, what's the best pasta noodle? <laughs> Thanks, guys. See ya. The wagon wheel, whatever um, that was called. I really like. Uh, what is it called? Shit. I, I I know it. It's it's the spiral, but not the normal spiral. It's the it's the it's the like loopy spiral. I have the to... loopy spiral, not the spring. Okay, I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have to figure out. So, what... Is it like a fatter one? It's like a weirder. Sprung your sprung yes, one? and like I, oh. I love this pasta. I ask for it by name all the time, and now I can't ask for it by name. I can't. Yeah, think. Te- technically, all these pasta shapes have a name. Yes. Like the wagon wheel has a name. I don't know what the hell it is. We always call it the wagon wheel. Uh, the yeah, the wagon wheel has one that's like uh, spokes or something. Yeah, like the rigatoni's rigatoni's. So fusilli is is the normal spiral. That's not okay. that's. Uh, cav- cavatappi. Cavat- cavat- cavatappi? Cavat- pasta. Okay, okay. Well, how about this other question? You know, uh, TV shows, video game TV shows. What, uh, what do you think could work besides The Witcher? I don't know. You're on that one, man. I'm, Am I'm, I? Yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm busy looking at well, pasta. They're doing a Halo series on Paramount Plus, I believe, right? It's cavatappi. They're doing that. Look up the look up the fat the fat noodle with the ridges. What the hell that one's always called? The fat nude with the ridges? Fat noodle, not fat nude. I know, nude. but like... With the ridges, yeah. Is it round? It's a noodle with the ridges. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tube. A, a, ri- a it, tube. It's a fat, shorter rigatoni. You know what rigatoni is, right? Yeah. Rigatoni is the, right, the standard. No, Pat, I have no idea what a rigatoni is. Well, I don't is. know. Look up that one real quick. Um, I don't... I'm, TV shows, I don't know. I, I, I'm blanking on because I'm. I'll talk about pasta. I'm sorry. We're, he, he totally threw us off. Threw, throw us off about TV shows. Uh, how about Double Dragon the series? That'd be Ian's favorite one. It was gross. A, it was gross. gross. <laughs> how about River City Ransom the series? That would actually that make more sense, right? Yep. The gals and, and girls, especially because they're bringing everything in. There's all sorts of. There's stuff. all high school rivalries and stuff going on. Yeah. With that. Uh, next one. Hey guys, Lelanders here from Canada. I tried out Pat's and the CU Podcast patron, and I give them both a big thumbs up. CU Podcast patron takes the top as my favorite, though. Ian's writing is really good. (laughs) Do you think we will see lawsuits coming from sour Amico investors? And could this end up being the ultimate failed console documentary? Uh, the checks in the mail for pushing the Patreon. For yeah, us thank there. you. We appreciate um, that. Will there be lawsuits? Uh, there definitely is. There's definitely going to be a, a, a documentary. I think at some point there will be there will be lawsuits if the investors, I guess, c- could claim some fraudulent things that happened or statements, or the, or the government can go after them if, if they deem that there was enough fraudulent things and it's on their radar. Absolutely. 
Uh, it's all starting to sound a little conspiracy. I don't. I don't think any of them see any repercussions. Well, they definitely said fraudulent things. Sure, sure. We I, talked about that. I don't think. I mean, but it's, it's whether the government thinks it's worth their time to go after. Sure, that's the thing. You still got that noodle? Yeah, I can't find it, so I'm giving up. When they make a documentary about the Intelligent Vision Amico, who is going to play Tommy Tallarico? <laughs> I, I well well if he was uh 25 years younger Joe Pesci <laughs> same stature same sort of attitude Italian American hey uh, I read about uh, Joe Pesci very fascinating character you wanted to be really be a musician yeah he was part of the Jersey Boys uh crew way back in the uh, the 60s and he was like always like part of the, the band of uh, Frankie Valley and all those guys I didn't yeah. I, yeah did not I know, that. know that or he could have been a mobster they could have went one or the other oh, good thing he turned into a good great actor Oh yeah, but, um, hey, hey Pat, uh, hey, this is uh, Josh again. Pat, I was um, thinking about visiting San Diego during the uh, summertime, and I was just wondering if I paid you a, a pretty good uh, sum of money, would you be my personal tour guide and maybe wine and dine me and show me uh, everything there is to see in San Diego? Thanks, guys. Sounds like the next line of that was going to be like the soles of your feet. Uh, Josh, I don't know if there's enough money no. in your bank account. I'm saying for no for Pat. Thank you, Ian, for having my back there. You're welcome. Well, once you got, once you get to wine and dine, I'm no longer a tour guide. I'm an escort. That sounds like a person who wants feet pics. Yeah, which, which has been happening lately. Which I haven't brought that up. Uh, next year. Hello, Patrick. Hello, oh, Ian. Oh. This is Will out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. This question is primarily for Pat. Pat. Too much energy. You're on a hot date. Is it, was, it, was it with Josh? <laughs> Mentioned to your lady friend that you've got a large gaming collection back nope. at your place. Nope. She says she's not much of a gamer, but she would love to go back and play some games with you. You get one shot to win her heart. What game do you choose to play together? Work well, on the time. I was going to say, there's a lot of pauses. He kind of sounded like Mark Bustler from Classic Game Room. If you kind of twist your ear a little bit. Like, oh, interesting. It's a, it's a fine voice, but yeah, work on the timing. Like, um, one game to impress. And this used to happen at uh, the, the Guard Apartments in Jersey because I had my games out front. They weren't sequestered like they are now at Castle Country. Um, and it used to be like, well, I played the Wii. Played play the Wii a couple times. Or, uh, uh, oh, let's play Duck. Okay, Jimmy's 16-bit blowbang. The one game that uh, the, the ladies would always talk about is, oh, I remember Duck Hunt or Mario or things like that. Those are the ones that then I used to say, well, technically you can't play Duck Hunt on the, LC, on the good old Olivia and LCD. And then they fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to explain why. <laughs> the science. And then, um, yeah. Let me pull out this document that explains <laughs> we'll, we'll pull up the Clan of the Grey Wolf video that explains why it doesn't work. That's also an article. <laughs> article in a certain NES guidebook. It sure is. It sure is. You're so tired of the book. Hey, this is Gage from New Mexico. Quick question for Ian. Did you ever find yourself trying to persuade parents from buying certain kid-oriented games um, just based off quality? Um, Lately, I've been buying my niece some Switch cards, and I usually sit down with her to look at the games on the eShop channel. It seems like most of the games are oriented toward kids. just are just pure, absolute garbage, just worthless pieces of information. (laughs) <laughs> worth this piece of information you try to dissuade parents yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things where as time went on i i stopped parents don't necessarily want to be told that they just want to buy the thing that their kid wants and they want to leave 
they might know that it's going to be shitty. They just like, you know, they're like, okay, my kid right now is being a pain in the ass, and this has Spangbab on it. So Spangbab, 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 Spangbab Squarepants, and I'm going to buy it. But parents who would ask, and there were parents who would ask, I would always be like, you definitely want to. My 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 rule of thumb for a long time was always, if it's licensed, you you don't want it generally um the games that really changed that though for me were the lego games um oh, yeah. i'm glad the lego games exist because even though like if you're an adult they're fun they're fun games oh, especially yeah. to play with someone else but if you've played you know one you've kind of played them all after at a certain point especially if you've played a level-based one in an open world one whatever however it's a great library of games to like be able to direct a parent to and be like you can buy pretty much anything here and it's going to be good. So if they like Marvel or Jurassic Park or uh, Batman, Hobbit or yeah, Batman or any of that, you know, just Star Wars, just buy it. And your kids will like it. Hi, Pat and Ian, longtime fan. I love you guys so much. I'm going to let you in on a ground floor of your remarkable investment opportunity. Oh, shit. A sealed, never opened Amico warehouse. This thing is mint in fact. The eviction notice on the door is so fresh you can rub some ink off on your fingers even. Collecting sealed games is so passe. The future is collecting sealed buildings. Also, just because I love you guys so much, buyers of the sealed Amico warehouse will also get what I call a NFT, or not fucking Tommy. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Sealed buildings, huh? Uh, excuse me, what is it? Sealed. A, sealed, a sealed building. Boarded up. That, 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 actually, no, because that, that's uh, Nick's warehouse, supposedly. That it was that's right, house. yeah. Or Nick owned that. That was the CFO, which that's is That's what I heard. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Jackson from Baltimore. I've been Jackson. recording my podcast, Two Consoles Too Late, on Anchor for a <laughs> year consoles. now. That's actually funny. I broadcast weekly, and I keep my subjects to movies and retro gaming. And I was wondering if you had any advice for early podcasters to expand their following. I love the show. Have a good one. It's a tough one. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. A podcast more than anything else has to be organically spread. There's no algorithm. There's no consolidated podcast platform that recommends things to everyone like YouTube does. You can't like search for a topic and something comes up. You can search for like genres and things, but not specific topics, I think. So like that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all I can really say, and I, I don't mean this to be discouraging, but is just keep at it, and 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 you know, hopefully, you get some uh, listeners that have um, audiences that they can recommend it to. I, there's no guarantee that if Pat and I would have started this podcast three years ago instead of nearly nine years ago, that it would have ever taken off because things like retro gaming and movies are popular podcast topics. Yeah, and, and we had the advantage. I had about eighty. 80,000 YouTube subscribers to market the podcast to when we first started. If I didn't have that, it was just nothing. Well, I definitely don't know. a combination of that and the yeah. fact that it was just earlier. It was earlier on. It was earlier on, and there weren't a lot of video game men. They were all. Podcasts. They were all at the time. I remember us saying, like, in terms of independent podcasts that were gaming, there was only a few. Mm-hmm. We were. They were all like GameSpot, IGN, whatever other ones. Not defunct. That was around almost ten years ago. There was a lot of them that were corporate ones. And we used to hit the top 10. We were the only like non-corporate one, probably us and like Retronauts, I guess, that were like hitting sure. uh, up there. Now there's a, a billion podcasts, you know? So I, like, I would just say that if it's, you know, it's you're not looking to make it your main source of income, and I don't think yeah, anyone do it for should. Fun. Just do it for fun as long as you're having fun. Enjoy yourself. I mean, it's it's a good time. I mean, if you, if you, if you happen to get a, a, you know, 
someone like a, a dice seller as, as a sponsor eventually, that's great. Yeah. Pretty in dice. Uh, do a couple more here. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Pete from Staten Island. D. Machetto on Twitter. Staten Island. Let's assume for a moment that the Intellivision Amico actually comes out one day and actually ends up in stores like Walmart. Mm. When these things inevitably go on bargain basement prices before they head to the dumpster, how much would you be willing to pay for one? Five bucks? Ten bucks? Twenty bucks? That's a pretty cheap investment for a display piece for your living room. I'd get a shot in me and I'd probably do it for 50, Max. <laughs> you need a shot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Drop some in, acid. In, in all honesty, um, if, if 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 and at this point, this is these are cha- these this topic is changing so much, just like on a week to week basis. Two months ago, I might have told you maybe they'd shift something out eventually. Now it's we're never going to see anything. Um, but if it were to ship with like six half finished games, two controllers, and a a fancy box. Sure, for a display piece. Just to a- laugh at a- it after it's in clearance, and I'm I, I'm no longer giving yeah them really any money. I I, yes. I, I see it would be the the new convention toy that we all play with. When we were drinking one night with me, you, Norm. Yes, Dan, we all just Andre. hook it up and, and get a yeah. We try to we try to play their their bastardized version of cornhole uh, with with those terrible controllers that'll probably break down after a month. It becomes and a half. the cornhole machine. <laughs> the cornhole machine, which which don't 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 Google that probably. No, probably uh, don't, don't do that. You don't want to Google the cornhole yeah, machine. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, do a couple more. Uh, sure. You want you want to check in with someone? Yeah, let's check in with someone. Okay. Well, we got actually two people to check in with first. Right. Here's the first. Hey guys, it's Andrew from Ukraine. Thank you for your words of support. My heart is very full. Uh, me and my family are safe. We live in western part of country. Uh, I am mostly involved in humanitarian activities, supporting army and refugees. This is very surreal, like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, when a bad guy invades peaceful country just for sake of invading. I am sure that soon war will end, and I will fly to U.S. and will meet you guys on Expo, and Pat will sign certain NES guidebook for me, and Ian will sign best NES game ever made, Silent Service. <laughs> Again, thank you for your support. And to all who listen, don't take your freedom for granted. Generation have been fighting for it, as my country does now. Bye, guys. Here, here, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Give, I, him, give him heck there. That was great. Well, you, you're Thank you for checking in. Um, just to put a sort of, you know, capstone on that, it, because that's really the only, can I, I don't really know anyone in the Ukraine besides good old Andrew who has uh, voicemail this about five, six times in yeah. the past. And it's just like when you're so separated by, you know, whatever, 5,000, 8,000 miles, it kind of doesn't put in perspective. But this is a person now in this country helping out the countries fighting for survival. Yeah. R- R- Russia's, play- Russia's plans were leaked. They wanted, they wanted to literally – they wanted to take over the entire country. It wasn't it was this bullshit cleaning out neo-Nazis or some bullshit. They wanted to take over the entire country. That was their goal or is their goal still. That's what they plan to do. That's it. So good on you, Andrew. I, I hope that uh, this gets resolved more sooner than later. Um, Russia's pretty much backed into its own corner. They've been isolated. So at some point, hopefully someone uh, on their side steps in and, and fucking says to Putin, this is fucking enough. This is ruining our country, our economy, and we look like assholes to everyone else. More so, like, but you hope. You hope that happens. You hope that happens. And it doesn't escalate anymore, that. All right, one more person to, to check in on here. Hi, Pat. How are you? 
You know, Tom's not talking to anyone right now, so I'm calling instead. Uh, this is a friend of his who's been working at Nintendo for some time. I believe he's mentioned me. But, you know, my English is not very good, so I found someone to dub my voice for this call. I hope you don't mind. You know, I've been watching everything that's been going on between you guys, and oh my, you're both obviously very angry, hurtful, vituperative. And, you know, of course, I like Tom, and I like you. I like your friend there. Um, I believe Tom calls him the long-haired dude. <laughs> but, you know, I think the only way to move past it all is one of you needs to be the big guy. And I don't know how tall you are, but I don't think that's Tom. <laughs> oh, I am bad. Yes, sometimes I can be a real rascal. Anyway, live long and prosper. Okay, so uh, it seems like uh, Shiggy got George Takei to do the dub. Is that, is that, the, is that what it was? Yeah. That's, that's the... That's the uh, All right. Like, that's the conceit on that one? So Shigzy's checking in. Shigzy? Shigzy. Miyamoto-san. Miyamoto-san. That fucking story. There's so many ridiculous things about this whole story. But the whole... The, the, the outrageous claims... Such as like I'm friends with Miyamoto-san, that that might, would probably make the te- top ten most ridiculous things about this, just the claims like that. Phrases like, "Whenever I'm around Miyamoto-san, I'm always asking." Yeah, we're doing shots every every Friday. Stuff that sounds like it maybe makes sense, like when you say it, but when you really think about it, it's just like a. a so whenever you get around this person, you just ask them about Mario and video. Like that's not that's not how friendships and stuff work. He's not friends with them. Though. That's right. the point. He's I not know, friends I know. with them. I know, but it's it's whatever. <laughs> that's, that's like saying whenever I'm a, whenever I'm around uh, yeah, I'm around Tom Hanks and we talk about acting and you know it's like no I don't know the person. Like, even if I met him once, I can't call him my friend. You know. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it. That's it for the podcast. We're good. This is a shorter podcast, but. It wasn't a huge amount going on. It was fun. Ian Peppy. Ian uh, Honey Shane me on Twitter. Full of life. Go ratio that tweet for me, please, and support me. Full of life. Do you know what ratio means? Yeah, it means means to leave more comments than likes. It means that people disagree and think you're an asshole. At this point, they don't think you're an asshole about honey shaming me. Do I know what ratio means? Yeah. Do I know what it means, Ian? You're going to ratio shame me? Pat doesn't know what ratio means. All right, Ian, use the microphone. You're a professional. Honey on chicken. Okay, we'll see you later.